Welcome to Radio Living America. I'm Brian Andrews with a special edition of the RLA Discussion Table. I am fortunate enough to be joined today by Marine Corps Captain Timothy Doherty, the only known survivor of the task force assigned to capture the southwestern Nautilus oil refinery in Galveston, Texas. Captain, thank you for coming on the program. Uh, thank you. Uh, I enjoy your show and was happy to come on. Captain, let's begin with the days leading up to the attack on southwestern Nautilus. What were the conditions on the ground? Well, as you know, the reanimate presence was greater than our intelligence reports had indicated, so the fighting to the refinery was tough. Manageable, but tough. Once we got to the refinery, we were under almost constant threat. But the enemy never materialized in any kind of numbers that we couldn't neutralize. And by the third day, we had a pretty good defensive perimeter set up around the whole complex. After we got that set up, the hardest thing to deal with was the smoke. I assume you're talking about the smoke from the Air Force bombings in Houston? That's correct. It was this really thick, oily, kind of chemically black smoke. Everyone was impacted by it. We had sore throats. Our eyes were red. A lot of us got headaches. But even so, we had a good command of the area, and we were in a position to bring in engineers to start work on the refinery. Take us through. And I know this is hard. But take us through what happened the night the refinery fell. I was in command of Bravo Company. Our call sign was Jackknife, of the 1st Battalion, 8th Marines. Our sector of operation was in the northwest zone of the refinery complex. I had bunked down for the night and was drifting in and out of sleep. There was always rifle fire at night as RAs would show up in ones and twos around the perimeter barricades. But I kept waking up thinking it sounded like the cadence of fire was abnormally high. I guess it was around midnight when a young corporal named Johnson came into my tent to wake me up. I can still hear him. He was saying, Captain, Captain, I need you to wake up, Captain. We have activity at the perimeter. Captain, Captain, I'm going to need you to wake up, Captain. I'm sorry about this, Captain, but we've got Romeo Alpha testing the perimeter, sir. What else is new? Lieutenant Vaccaro asked that you come out to the line, sir. He thinks something else is going on here, and he wants you to come out and see. Okay. (sighs) Okay. Fine. Good. Great. You lead the way, Corporal. Does it seem like the smoke isn't as bad this evening, Corporal? Or am I just imagining things? There's a change in wind direction coming, Captain, and they say it's going to clear up by morning. Well, at least that's some good news. Okay, Lieutenant. The Corporal tells me we have some movement. What's the situation? Yeah, I'm sorry to wake you, Captain, but we've got a lot of activity out at the perimeter. It's not like most nights. It started out in ones and twos, but rather than tail off, it's increasing in frequency. I've communicated with Alpha Company and Charlie Company. They're seeing it too. It looks like something broke free and is testing this entire sector of the perimeter. You think another group maybe moved up out of Lamarck? Well, that's just it, sir. It's not just that there's more of them than we've seen in days. These RA look different. Different how? They look... look... they look bad, Captain. Lieutenant Vaccaro, when have you ever known a reanimate to look good? It's not like that, sir. It's not the usual shit you expect with these things. They look like they have battlefield injuries. It looks like the stuff I used to see in Iraq and East Africa when we had injuries from IEDs or a mortar attack. 
What the fuck are you talking about, Lieutenant? Romeo Alpha incoming. Looks like seven, no eight. Call it eight plus Bravo. Here, Captain. Take my night vision binoculars and see for yourself. Hold your fire. Bravo Company, hold your fire. Uh, okay. Let's see what we're looking at here. Oh, Jesus Christ! I told you, Captain. Look at that one. His upper and lower jaws are both gone. He's got multiple compound rib fractures. The poor bastard next to him is missing his entire left arm and shoulder. Another RA didn't do that. That's blast trauma. Jesus, I can see straight through that one. Looks like he got hit with something very large caliber, very high velocity. You ever see anything like this before, Lieutenant? No, sir. I've seen those kinds of injuries on the battlefield, but never with the reanimated. I have. At Richmond. It was early in the crisis. We still didn't realize we needed to cause brain trauma to bring these things down. Oh, God. That one is practically tripping on its own guts. Whatever hit him really opened him up. Anyway, at Richmond, we called in an artillery strike on a group of RAs. I'd say that strike did the job on about 70% of them. But what was still standing looked a lot like this. What do you think, Captain? Don't know. But if the numbers keep increasing, I'm going to want you to conserve your ammo and let them queue in the barricade. But until then, <clears throat> let's put those things out of their misery. Yes, sir. Bravo Company, open fire. Captain. What is it, Corporal? Colonel Magruder wants to see all the company commanders in his tent ASAP. Christ, what now? Fascinating. So even in those early hours, you got the sense that something different was going on. Nobody was panicking, but the lieutenant's words really stuck in my head. We'd see reanimates with all manner of injury and decomposition, but the kind of trauma Lieutenant Vicara was describing was something you didn't expect to see unless you knew that RA had already survived an engagement with military forces. When I got to the colonel's command tent, you got the sense something was underway. The colonel was standing at a map table surrounded by all the company commanders, and he said, Gentlemen, we appear to have an unusual amount of activity. In our western and northwestern sectors. I don't think it's going to amount to much, but I want everyone to stay alert and report back if the threat continues to escalate. We have naval artillery at our disposal and AC-130 Ghost Rider support if we need it. Any questions? Colonel, is there any recent intelligence suggesting where this force is coming from? Negative. It's probably just another group from Lamarck that was slow to get here. Colonel, I'd like to propose another theory. And what's that, Captain? My men have observed injuries on the RAs consistent with battlefield trauma, sir. We might have to consider that this is a force from Houston that survived the Moab operations there. That's enough, Captain. I don't want to hear any more of that kind of alarmist talk. But Colonel, the smoke has stopped us from doing proper recon since we got here, and if it's a force from Houston, we have no idea how big it could be, and- I said that's enough, Captain. Now everyone, get to your sectors and report back with perimeter updates. What time was this exactly? About 1 a.m. 
When I returned to my unit, things had continued to accelerate. We now had RAs appearing outside the perimeter at company strength. I'm sorry, company strength? About 200. A company comprises about 200 individuals. A battalion is up to about 1,000. A regiment is four or 5,000. And a division is usually 10 or 12,000. Thank you for the clarification. Anyway, we'd shoot flares. That would keep them preoccupied for a few minutes, but then they'd be back. As the larger groups of reanimates began pressuring your position in greater and greater numbers, did they continue to present the kind of damage Lieutenant Vicaro had shown you before you went to the command tent? Definitely. It was classic battlefield trauma. Serious battlefield trauma. Missing limbs, huge open wounds, things that would have killed a living person. I was certain at this point we were facing a reanimate force that had moved down from Houston. Did you feel in control of the situation? This might surprise you, but actually we did. The days immediately after we took the refinery, we had enough time to set up a proper perimeter with concrete barriers. The RAs are terrible at getting through those things. They'll just stack up and stack up. It can really buy you a lot of time to figure out what your next move is. So you thought it was manageable? For a time. By 2 a.m., we had thousands of RAs in the barriers. Again, the perimeter was holding, but we knew we couldn't go on forever like that, not if they continued to arrive with that kind of velocity we had been seeing. That's when the colonel called everyone back to his tent. We gathered around the situation table as he told us, Gentlemen, obviously, obviously the, situation the situation on the ground, on the ground is, very is very fluid. fluid. Based on what we can gather, it appears there's an abnormally large reanimate force pressuring the western edge of our perimeter. Captain Doherty, would you agree with that? Yes, sir. Very much so, sir. When I left the perimeter, we were seeing multiple units of reanimates at company strength, sir. Alpha Company and Charlie Company on my flanks were reporting similar engagements. As of now, we're letting the RAs stack up in the defensive perimeter, but at some point we need to- Captain, intelligence reports that the only reanimate threat is out of Lamarck and it won't be more than regiment strength. I've contacted 6th Fleet Command and alerted them that we may require naval artillery support along our northwestern sector. Colonel, please, Colonel. I went through this at Richmond eight months ago. We should use our naval firepower to create a diversion and draw the RAs off from our defensive barricades. I think we should tell the Navy to direct their fire north towards Dickinson or west towards Hitchcock. Whatever is out there, we need to draw it away from our position. That, Captain, is not something we are going to do. Now, I want all my company commanders back with their units. And Captain Doherty, you will hold the line in your sector. Have I made myself clear? Yes, sir. Excuse me, Captain. Russell Ferenz with Radio Living America. Can you tell us what's going on? It sounds like there's increased gunfire tonight. Head back to the media tent, Mr. Ferenz. I don't have time for this tonight. Please, just two seconds, Captain. I said I don't have time. So you tried to convey a level of urgency and the commanding officer wouldn't listen? You can't entirely blame him. RAs pressured us every moment of every day. Somewhere in this country, RAs are pressuring a military position as we speak. I liked the colonel. You would have liked him. Colonel Magruder was a good guy, but it was clear things were deteriorating quickly. Very, very quickly. All right, Lieutenant Vaccaro, I'm just back from the command tent and my ass is killing me. Give me some good news. Captain, the defensive perimeter is completely stacked with RAs. We could set off the claymores and satchel charges and drop them, but who's to say what's behind? 
I feel pretty good about our perimeter defense, Captain. But this is not just some pussy bullshit leftover force from Lamarck. Okay, well, thanks for the good news, Lieutenant. Captain, we've got a radio communication from the Air Force's 4th Special Operations Squadron. Well, Jesus Christ, Corporal, put it through! Jackknife, Jackknife, this is Ghost Rider, 9486 Kilo, inbound over Smith Point. Sounds like you guys got some shit going on down there. We're two minutes from being on station, ready to make a delivery over. You are right on time, 9486 Kilo. Give it everything you have north of 9th Avenue. Copy that, Jackknife. Tell your people to keep back. This is gonna be a big one. Major, this is Gunnery. I can't see shit down there because of the smoke. Can you have Jackknife eliminate the target? Hey, Jackknife. The target area is completely obscured by smoke. Can you have one of your guys put an IR strobe on the target for me? Bukaro, have one of your men throw an IR strobe on the target area. Captain, we were deployed with the wrong batteries for our IR strobes. Oh, fuck me. What about magnesium grenades? Do we have any magnesium grenades? Yes, sir. Thank Christ. 8-6 Kilo, we can't deploy an IR strobe, but we can put a magnesium grenade on the target area. Can you make that work? Fuck yes, we can make that work. Lay that shit down, Jackknife, and we'll start putting iron on the target over. Okay, Johnson, as far as you can lob this, let's go. Yes, sir. Just done it, 8-6 Kilo. Thanks for the assist. Next time I'm in Shreveport, I'll make sure to bring a bottle of Kentucky's Finest. We're gonna stay on station if you need us. This is Ghost Rider, 904-86 Kilo, out. So you thought you had secured the area? I thought... I thought... I don't know what I thought. After the AC-130 strike, everything went quiet for, like, two seconds. And then it was like the whole fucking world came apart. Major. Go ahead, TV. After we did that last pass at Southwestern Nautilus, we flew over a highway, and we actually got a break in the smoke. Okay. I think I saw something, Major. I'd like to make another pass and take a look at it again. Navigator, after we made our downwind turn from Texas City, would there have been a highway under us at any point? Affirmative. That would have been Texas Highway 1764. Give me a heading back to that highway, Navigator. Copy that. Change course to 355 degrees. Range 3 miles. TV, we should be coming up on the highway now. You need to see this, Major. Well, put it on the screen. Holy fuck. Jackknife, Jackknife, this is Ghost Rider, 9486 Kilo. You have a massive reanimate force heading your way down Highway 1764. Over. 
How big did it look, 8.6 kilo? I wish I could tell you, Jackknife. Most of the area is still covered in smoke, but it's starting to break up, and the part of the highway we could see looked packed with Romeo Alpha. Okay, okay. Thanks for the heads up, 8.6 kilo. Copy that. We'll be on station if you need our support. 8.6 kilo out. Lieutenant, try to not let things get too jammed up in the perimeter. Corporal, tell the colonel I need to see him immediately. So at this point, your worst fears are confirmed. Not entirely. All the AC-130 could tell us was that it was a massive force heading our way. But without being specific, that could mean a lot of things. Did he see a regiment? A division? Two divisions? It makes a big difference. Please expand. We could handle a couple of divisions of RAs, no problem. But if the bombing of Houston had failed to achieve its objectives, it could be... I mean... There were two million reanimates in Houston before they dropped the Moabs. What we needed at this point was time. Colonel, we have an observation from an AC-130 that was loitering on station to our west that a large reanimate force Heading is- Heading down Highway 1764. I am aware, Captain. This smoke is starting to blow out finally, and a Navy dirigible drone observed it as well. It also looks like there's another reanimate force heading down Highway 45 possibly threatening the Pelican Island assault force. It seems your observations about this force being from Houston may have been correct, Sir, I believe we should- Look, Captain, if your assessment is right and this force is coming out of Houston, the 1st Battalion is probably gonna get it right in the teeth. I'm going to need you to stay sharp and hold the Northwest sector. You're going to continue to have AC-130 support and the Battleship Wisconsin will conduct a fire mission to your west beginning at 0300 hours. The Wisconsin will be operating under the call sign Steel Palace, and you will be in direct radio contact with their fire team. Any questions, Captain? Colonel, I still think it's a big mistake to lay fire so close to our position until we have a better understanding of what we're up against. The smoke is clearing, and if we have the Navy lay their fire 10 or 15 clicks to the west, it might pull the enemy off until we can do some proper recon. I understand your concerns, Captain. But our whole reason for being here is to defend this refinery. And we will defend this refinery. I think that will about do it, Captain. Yes, sir. So what was going through your mind when you left the Colonel's tent and headed back to your position? I felt like the elements were there for any number of things to happen, and they were all bad. I didn't realize it completely yet, but... From the moment the task force first arrived in Texas City, a chain of events had been put in place. We were doing nothing to break that chain, and it only needed one last link. And that link was about to be forged by the battleship Wisconsin. Lieutenant Vaccaro, what's the situation at the perimeter? They've been stacking up again since you left for the command tent. I would say we've got five or six hundred in the defensive barricade. We can drop them if you want, Captain. Nah, don't waste the ammo. Not yet, anyway. Corporal Johnson, have you established contact with the Wisconsin's gunnery team? Yes, Captain. They're still planning on going ahead with the fire mission at 0300 hours. I really hope this is the right thing to do. What's the chatter around the refinery, Lieutenant? We're definitely seeing more of it than anybody else. But the 2nd Battalion to our south, and even the 3rd Battalion on the eastern side of the refinery, are seeing big increases in activity. Jackknife, Jackknife, this is Steel Palace. Fire for effect, 1-5 rounds, 
Prince Square, Uniform November, 134-512 at 0300 hours. Over. Jesus, fuck, that's close. Copy that, Still Palace. Steel Palace, Steel Palace, check your fire. Check your fire, you're falling short. Check your fire. Captain, they came up short up and down the sector. Alpha Company is reporting their defensive perimeter is gone, and Charlie Company isn't sure yet, but it doesn't look good. Captain, the Colonel wants everybody in his command tent immediately. Of course he does. Lieutenant Vaccaro, be prepared for Romeo Alpha to make a big test of this perimeter once the effects of that naval artillery wear off. Let's go, Corporal. Incredible. So that was what made it possible for the reanimated to breach your defensive perimeter. A perimeter you had worked so hard to build. The die was cast. The enemy was on its way. Saving the refinery was an impossibility. The only question that remained was how many of us would have to be entombed with it in Texas City. Gentlemen, it appears we are surrounded on all sides, with the northwestern sector of the refinery being most exposed to the enemy. I have requested a fire mission between the refinery and Galveston Bay to open a corridor. I need you to go back to your lines and prepare your troops to egress to Tarpey Park for evacuation. Any questions? Colonel, I am begging you, do not order that fire mission. All it will do is illuminate the area and cause the RA to come through the refinery like it's a funnel. Gentlemen, it has been an honor serving with all of you. Colonel, no! All right, Johnson, let's get back to Bravo Company, and then we're getting the fuck out of here. Yes, sir. Captain, Russell Ferenz with Radio Living America. What's going on, Captain? Can you tell us what the situation is? Mr. Ferenz, I highly advise that you and your people start heading east to Tarpey Park. We are leaving. Captain, what's going on? What is going on? Lieutenant Vaccaro, what did I miss while I was gone? Shit has gotten very hot, Captain. Romeo Alpha has been pushing toward our line since you left. Not sure what his strength is, sir, but it's never been less than a regiment. We're good on ammo for now. Fuck! That's the Navy laying ordnance down to our east. Jackknife, Jackknife, this is Ghost Rider 9 or 4, 8, 6 Kilo. I'd get moving if I was you. I'm on station, prepared to put down covering fire. Over. Copy that, 8, 6 Kilo. Give it everything you got. Okay, Lieutenant, have the company pull back in a bounding overwatch. Let's go, let's go, let's go! First squad, move up! Second squad, covering fire! Move, move, move! Ah! 
complex, Captain. We need to keep moving up 6th Street to Tarpey Park. We're separated from Bravo Company. Just keep moving, Corporal. Now what? Over here. There's some stairs to the roof. Let's go. This way, Johnson. Onto the roof. Lock it behind you, Johnson. Oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. Captain. We'll wait here. Hopefully they'll put reconnaissance drones in the air after daybreak. Captain. I... I have a problem, Captain. What? What's up, Corporal? Oh, God. You got bit. That last one bit you. It might not be that bad. You don't know, okay? We don't, we don't, we don't know. It might not be that bad. You know what this means. You know what I have to do. You don't have to do it, Captain. Let's just wait and see what happens. I'll stay over here. You don't have to do it. Do not do it! And there you were, on a rooftop. The following day was a bluebird day. The kind pilots refer to as unlimited visibility. I was only on the rooftop for a few hours before a reconnaissance drone spotted me and then a dirigible drone came by and evacuated me to one of the ships of the Sixth Fleet. What do you think the future holds for you? I mean, you're still in the Marine Corps, but when this is all over, where do you see yourself? Well, I don't really think much about it. Does anybody? I feel like the times we're in don't provide the luxury of that kind of thinking. But I can tell you this much. Whatever happens, whatever I do with my life, first and foremost, I will always be the sole survivor of Southwestern Nautilus.